0: I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of exposure floor. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. Now, remember, given the payday, as
1: you been accounted for, okay? 610V, That was the name day, day. 610V. I'm not uh, here. We got a fire. One and a half story, single-family dwelling. Fire shown from the second floor. Give me a second alarm on this. i up to the top
0: floor. I got people hanging out the top floor windows with a baby.
1: Commercial building, uh, a lot of fire, a lot of smoke. Go ahead and strike a third alarm on my orders on this.
0: We've got people on the front fire escape here windows
1: below them. We need somebody up there. Yeah, let them know we got a job. I'm pulling up Second alarm, I got a one story single family frame, heavy fire showing from the attic. So we're using all hands. We got one line stretch, fire on the
0: fourth floor, second line being stretched, primary stretches
1: are underway. Hey, welcome back to Old School. I'm Rick Lasky along with my good buddy john salka and we've uh, got another uh, good topic for you today um john i know uh i know this is probably going to be a, a few days away from it by the time we uh we get it aired but uh looks like uh, you you guys are going to have it for a while you guys got hit with some good snow in the northeast there huh
0: oh boy yeah we got actually a foot at my place it varies as you go around uh you know above or below um some people got more than a foot. Some people got less than a foot, but everybody got some decent snow and, uh, and I'm thrilled always to get some snow. So I know, just you love little, it. <laughs> just do a little more cleaning up outside on the driveway and all that, but uh, everything's good. Everything's good. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, Cool. 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 Well, Hey, before we get any further, I know we, uh, we acknowledged them on uh, our hump to hang out the other day, but I, I got to say it here. Cause we've got a lot of folks that uh, don't turn in tune in for the one, but for the other, but uh, where I'm helping out when I'm a volunteer in Wichita West volunteer fire department here in Wichita County, Texas, working for chief Ryan Fetzer. And uh, they had their uh, yearly dinner uh, slash awards banquet, John. And I know you guys do it with South Blooming Grove. And um, I just want a little shout out, uh, throw a little shout out to uh, uh, two of the award winners this year. Um, the firefighter of the year went, went to the assistant chief, Michael Albert. Um, Michael's a great guy. uh John, he worked for Double Oak, which was really close to Louisville, so we did a lot of fires together. Um, and then moved out this way. Uh, he he's the owner of the Service Master out here, doing great things at restoration and all kinds of other emergencies for folks out there, take care of families and businesses. But so so Assistant Chief Michael Albert ended up with Firefighter of the Year. So congratulations, Chief Albert, on that. Great guy, uh, great mentor to a lot of our younger firefighters. And then John, you'll appreciate this one. Uh, Ed Moore. Ed, Ed Moore is a volunteer with the Wichita West Volunteer Fire Department. Ed retired from Cary, North Carolina. About 250 guys, decent, good, decent sized department. You know, retired and ended up moving out this way um, uh, with his wife and got on uh, the fire department here. And um, he got rookie of the year. He got rookie of the year. And uh, wow. he's already been teaching classes, some search drills, and some other things. And a lot of the younger firefighters look up to him because He's got time, you know, time in in, in service, if you will. But uh, it's 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 pretty cool, you know. that whole uh, uh, like the article I've got coming out, you know, the veteran rookie, you know, fitting in and contributing and and mentoring and helping out where you can. And uh, uh, but so congratulations to Ed and Michael on their awards and uh, uh, you know, great fire department chief Ryan Fetzer does a great job there. And uh, I'm just like you know this I've, I've I've wore your wore your ears out with this. I'm excited to be be volunteering there now so uh
0: and, but, and you know uh, what else is nice about what you were just talking about is that like I, I write a lot like the guys that are retiring i work on my last shift work my last day i always write i uh, enjoy the second half and it's nice seeing guys enjoy the second half and some guys jump in like yourself jump into a volunteer department in their in their retired years you know what i'm saying even though they were paid even though their career even though they were maybe even the chief somewhere they jump in somewhere and, and volunteer and help their community you know in the second part of their, their life. So, and you know, I thought it's pretty nice that guys do that. Some guys just want to retire and turn and walk away. And that's just fine. That's for some guys turn the last page and say, what's next. And they buy a horse and they buy a farm or they go skiing or whatever they do. But some guys like to stay involved in the fire service. And I think it's cool when they
1: do. Well, and I, you know, I told you the article I, I've i got, I just submitted. Um, the, you know, the veteran rookie it's exactly the whole lead is just what you said. It's, you know, you, you do 20, 30 years at your, you know, uh, career department and you retire and you do, you know, 25, 30 years at your volley place and you hang your boots up and, you know, you, you, you stay in town or you move away or whatever. And, um, and you know, then you start to get that itch. You hear a cue siren off in the distance one day, another day you see a header, a column of smoke, or, you know, you hear the siren on top of the, the roof of the volley firehouse go off and, you get that itch and you, you know, and, and for some guys, you know, it's hard to walk away from it. Like you said, some guys, Hey, you do 20, 25, 30 years, whatever it is or better. And you retire You, God bless you. I, I can't think I've always said this. I can't think of a better way to serve my master than by being a firefighter. Um, maybe, you know, school teacher, you know, armed forces, that kind of thing, police officer, but you know, when you're done, you're done. And like you said, that is perfectly great. And it's like, you've earned you've earned you've earned that second half like you said to do what you want but then there's those of us nut jobs that can't get enough of the fire service like yourself and bobby hall and the rest of them where we we still have to do things so um i'm having fun with that i'm 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 really upset right now myself john i've only missed three calls since i got on one i was doing a hump to hang out with you the other one i was doing um Uh, Another show, actually uh, our other show, our last time they hang out and I was getting my annual physical at my doctor and I was like five minutes away from fit. I'm like, damn, I just did my pee.
0: Don't start counting counting the runs that you don't even
1: worry. (laughs) I don't even worry about it. I know, I know. But hey, uh, so you brought up something just a minute ago about, you know, the guy or gal that that does the 20, 30 years, whatever, you know, around the firehouse, have a coffee and then they decide to, you know, that's it. You know, you see the post on Facebook or Twitter, my last shift, you know, uh, or put my papers in and you always say, enjoy the second half. John, you and I've talked about this plenty of times before. Um, how important mentoring is, how important passing the information along to the younger firefighters is. Um, you know how passionate I am about it, that even in Louisville, uh, when I was chief there, I created the mentor form, the mentor questionnaire. Uh, it's in the back of my pride and ownership book uh, for any of you uh, tuning in. Or if you want a copy, just email me. We'll give you an email at the end of the show and uh, I'll, I'll send it to you. But the five questions, John, if you remember, were, you know, what would you say to a brand new Louisville firefighter to keep them healthy and, and safe, you know, for their career? Um, what little tricks of the trade regarding tools, equipment, tell us about our lake or boat, you know, boat operations, dive operations? What one building would you never want to fight a fire in? You know, those kinds of things. And then those get turned into the training division. The training division takes those excerpts and they have those five questions, John, broken into five sections of what they call the mentor book. And like, you'll see like Gary Apple, we love Gary, Captain Gary, Gary Apple, Captain Gary Apple did a, he was actually a firefighter then. Um, we had anybody with 10 years or more filling out. And then when you retire or you say you're retiring, we ask you to fill it out as best you can. So they took Gary's excerpt, John, and they, they you know, they put it in there and on each, each section for those there's like I said five questions five sections like tools and equipment and the first thing you see Gary talk about says look my my first my first uh thought you know a bit of advice to the newer firefighters take care of your tools you know not just after a call but you know every day take care of your tools you know they're they're going to take care of you as well as you take care of them and you know have pride and blah 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 so so forth and then they put uh you know uh, firefighter, Gary Apple, data in the fire service. And those stay in there forever, John. And then the the rookies, when they go through the training, they have to review those. And actually, one of the training chiefs was, we actually derived some, uh, some questions from them that would test the rookies on. So what did, what did, you know, John Ashman, you know, now chief John Ashman, Captain John Ashman say about this, or what did this, and, you know, the information is being captured because that was my thing, John, what do you do? You know, think about it, Uh, you, you know, you've got, God, close to forty-five years in the fire service, almost every bit of that as a volunteer. All right, you're chief of your volunteer fire department right now. Um, you know, thirty-three plus years in the FDI, some So the busiest companies with some of the greatest firefighters and officers, some legends. You, you and I stood there uh, when Chief Joey D. Joe, chief Joe D. Does the symposium in honor of, of of Little Joe, right, Little Joey, and uh, the the symposium. And remember Friday night, the night before this Saturday. They do a little get together and you get up to the podium. He tells some stories. Remember the one year, remember I was standing there and Joe Downey, you know, I'm looking at you, I'm going, God, that's a, oh God, white hair, who legend, you, you know, uh, Mike Kennedy, was that him? Mike Kennedy. Am I saying it right? Yeah. Mike got up to talk and I'm going, I lean over and go, God, I've heard John talk about him. Like this is one of his like idols in the fire service and what you people he's learned from and all that. And I leaned over and and I, I I told Joe, I said, someone need you know, Ray's son, Joe, I said, someone needs to be recording this. This is like, remember the stories and some of them funny, some of them serious, some of them, I, I guess, John, my biggest fear, I know it is for you, what happens? I, I guess, you know, what what do we do before they're gone? I guess that's a good title for this one. Before they're gone, because right, once they're gone, that stuff, it, it goes with them
0: yeah it is it's sort of it's sort of i don't want to say sad obviously everybody you know listen there's all different guys out there from different jobs not just the fdmy you know career jobs volunteer places that are busy there's all sorts of guys out there that you know uh that tell great stories and remember have a you know bob bob farrell from fdmy ladder three one he's a retired captain hooks unlimited unbelievable guy he's on facebook every week or two he comes up you know isn't paragraph isn't story. Then he, that he a
1: remembers the deputy's name and the driver's name. And let me ask you a quick question though: I, I, um, Isn't he like one of the most decorated? Oh, absolutely! FBI firefighters, absolutely. You would absolutely. never, you would never know it, right? You would never right. know he would never say a peep, but he's got like, you know, the Ray Downey medals, big, big medals, big oh. yeah, yeah. And uh,
0: like I said, he tells stories. He tells unbelievable stories. Some of them are funny. Some of them are fire stories. And he talks about you know, crawling down the hallway and and his can man, Kelly, goes into the first bedroom and then, and there's more senior guy, you know, Jethro goes, stays with him. And then, and he tells stories. And he remembers every single guy's name, every, every, every crawling path that they took going into fires. Then he tells stories about a deputy coming to being pissed off about a, a tool getting lost or a tool at a job. And, and my goodness, it's unbelievable the details that he tells and, and some of them are so funny and humorous. And some of them are, 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 are scary. And, and he just goes on and on. And everybody writes, oh, another great story. You know, Cap, you got to write that book, you know, and stuff like that. And, and I say the same thing. I hope somebody's saving all these, these, these Facebook entries because they actually would be a great book. And, and even if they're not a great book, even if somebody, remember what they did with Andy? There's no actual published book of Andy Frederick. Believe it or not, the whole world knows him. Everybody reveres him. And, and nobody's actually published a book. But somebody did. There is like a, a 75 page collection of all his articles put together. And and that gets passed on and on and on. Not as well as a book would. But so so that's the question. And, and it's probably dozens of guys out there right now listening to me, guys and gals and saying, yeah, that's like that guy, Tim, in my fire department that yeah. was around for 35 years. And that guy, that guy, Ray, in my fire department that was around for, you know, 25 years. So the question is, what do we do? You know what I'm saying? A lot of this is... Uh, and, you know, it's not just in the fire service. You talk to your old Uncle Sal, who was a, who was a Mason, and he's telling stories about, oh, yeah, I helped build St. Patrick's Cathedral, me and, my, me and my friend. And, you know, every industry, every trade's got stories from guys as they're going on. And we're really short of either somebody writing an article or somebody taking notes or somebody writing a book. I don't know. Now, Harvey Eisner, we all know Harvey. Harvey passed away unexpectedly a couple of years ago.
1: Editor-in-chief, for a long time, editor-in-chief, Firehouse Magazine, Firehouse Expo.
0: Absolutely, chief of Tenafly Fire Department, volunteer chief, and, you know, uh, honorary, I forget if he was a deputy or an assistant chief with the FDNY. Wonderful man. Guy was great. When I was a young firefighter on Rescue 3, he was riding along with us with his camera, he's the guy that got me going and writing and teaching and everything else, but To make a long story short, just a few days before Harvey died, he was sitting in the office that I'm sitting in right now with me, and uh, he was working on a book project, and he was contacting all the old timers that he knew from the FDNY, and he had just the one sheet, I think it was 10 questions, everybody answered the same 10 questions, and he would sit down, believe it or not, he had a little a little cassette player with the blank <laughs> cassettes. You know, I can what, hear them what, going in the. What are those? What,
1: what are cassettes? I, nobody even knows.
0: And uh, and he had, oh my God, he had 40 or 50 guys, I think already done. He would sit down with the sheet with you and you would verbally answer the questions and he would talk a little bit about it and maybe throw a, a, a follow-up question. And he had all the tapes and he was going to have it all, you know, transcribed into into the word and then it'd make a book. And then he suddenly passed away and, and the book died with him. Uh, His brother was even sort of asked, hey, what are you going to do with that? Why don't you pass it on to somebody? And I don't know if anything did or didn't happen to it. But the whole point is, that was a great opportunity. That was, you know, 10 great questions. And those questions were designed at capturing what was the greatest thing you ever saw? What was the funniest encounter you ever had in a firehouse and stuff like that. And it's a shame that everybody doesn't have the wherewithal and the time and the energy and the skill to do that.
1: You know, yeah. most of our stories just carried around in our heads, you know, and how many incomplete projects, John, have you heard about like that? Where guys just said, yeah, we started doing this, but then that guy left or whatever. And we, you know, just like Harvey, God bless him, you know, was yeah. taken from us way too soon. Um, well, you, you, so I, I just right away, jumped in my head when you said we need to start, you know, putting this stuff together. How about your best buddy, Jay Jonas? His newsletters, he puts out Division 7 newsletters, are in – talk about the research he does, first off. Unbelievable. He, it's like I, he I'm goes in the time machine and goes back and talks to guys. Right. For those of you that, that that the name
0: might sound familiar, Jay Jonas, Jay was the captain of six truck on 9-11, and, and, he, and he tells me all the time – I don't want to go down in history as that my, as with that as my greatest moment you know what i'm saying which is why he's doing all these articles and, and he and he continued to study and get promoted he's he's a deputy chief now he's in division commander actually um but anyway um yeah so he uh he writes this you know vinnie dunn used to do this when he was actually a deputy chief in the seventh division he had a division seven safety and training newsletter and, uh, and Jay picked up on that. I actually talked to Vinny about it. Vinny said, oh, do it, do it, do it. So anyway, he's been doing it for more than several years now. And he has an unbelievable skill of writing. And like you just said, the important not the important thing, but one of the great things is his research is unbelievable. He'll talk to me or somebody else and he'll come up with a topic. Uh, the 23rd Street fire, uh, the Empire State Building plane crash, whatever it is. And he starts by writing down all the sources, all the companies. He starts visiting the companies. He goes to the firehouses. He goes and gets the fire report from the first due company or from the battalion or the division and uses that. Then he starts researching and looking guys up. You know, if it's not a really, really, really old one, because he's done ones that are like five and ten years old. So guys, he'll back go back to the company. He'll find two or three guys or an officer that's still working there that was at the fire. He'll interview them. He'll read what was written in the report. He'll, he'll go and... He'll go to the FDNY photo unit. They'll provide him with the FDNY photos that they took at the scene if it was a big enough incident. If not, he goes to the newspapers and researches online and gets photos and stories out of the newspapers and then takes those and looks up sometimes the civilian that gets quoted in a newspaper article. He'll go look up the civilian and track them down. And he does graphics and he does pictures. He, they are book quality. They, they are textbook quality um, articles, photos, graphics, personal interviews on un, unbelievable. And I'm, I still just can't wait. Like the Bob Farrell story. I keep telling Jay, this has to go in a book. This will be the, this would be like the greatest 100 fires in the FDNY. It Not not that selling books is the biggest thing in the world, but he, he'd sell a hundred thousand books. Every fireman in the world would buy one, you know, well, and, and covered. I, all the famous fires and some
1: not so famous fires. Well, and, and he's got, let me see here um i have pretty much everyone he's done he's been doing this from 2015 john and there's 62 of them there's 62 and i i doubt if i'm missing one i'm lucky i think i've got all of them so since 2015 60 62 of these of these newsletters that are just oh my like you said i i get them i'm i'm so i see the email you know and I go, I'm so excited. It's like, I can't wait to read this one. And there's stuff, John, you know, I, I pride myself on being a fire service historian. I, I don't know, Glenn Corbett, Professor Glennie, you and I both love him from New Jersey, from technical editor for fire engineering. Glennie is literally, and this is Doc, he's, he he, is, he has a photographic memory. And he, you know, he's like one of the smartest people I think I've ever met in my life. Whether it's a civil war, whether it's, well, he that guy can... And he he rattles stuff off. It just it just shoots out of his, his brain, and you know. And Glennie and I talk history all the time. He got me really going on it. And I pride myself on knowing these different fires, John. That have molded and and impacted the, our country and the fire service, the world. And then I read stuff from Jay, and I go, I didn't know that. I didn't. You know, you always talk about. You know, here here's a guy chief John Salka that worked for months, you know, if you will, at, at, at ground zero, you know, bless you at ground zero. Um, and you still, and, and all your, your, your buddies you lost and mentors and friends that were taken and stolen from us that day. And those, you know, you still, you tell me, I still hear stories today that I didn't hear 19 years ago. And, and I read stuff and go, I've, I've read this fire probably 50 times. I've got books on it. I've got this, that, I didn't read, you know, like I think one of the ones I I really was Twenty uh, Third uh, Street and then Wall bounds I was like, I didn't know that I, I, there was there was quotes from people, interviews.
0: Rick, Rick, you didn't know it. I'm reading stories about Wallbounds that I didn't know. Now I was not at Wallbound, but that was right before I got on a job, and I know lots of guys that were there, and I discussed that fire and talked about it with so many people for so many years, and I read stuff in there that I was like, what. I didn't know that guy was there. I didn't know he was injured. You know, it's like the 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 quality and the accuracy of the
1: of these stories is oh, unbelievable. Well and he is, you know what he you know what he is. Um and, and you like Bob Farrell's one of them. And 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 I, I think we're kind of close to it, but we're not there. That title of master, you see all the time, master storyteller. You know, like Danny Kay, the legendary actor and entertainer Danny Kay was always considered a master storyteller. Andy Griffith. Andy Griffith is definitely if you ever listen to any of his the video, the audio tapes of him telling stories, he was considered a master storyteller. And that's what Jay is. Jay is a he and, and it's it's not like, hey, wait a minute, that doesn't sound because that his stuff is like documented, vetted. I mean, there's well, no Speaking
0: of master storytellers, when I was a captain of 48 engine, I had this fireman. It was always getting in trouble and always doing stuff. He was a master storyteller, man. No matter what he did, he told <laughs> some kind of a story and got out of it. It was amazing. It was amazing. Well,
1: but some <laughs> of just the, to say that. John, some of our greatest lessons, you and I have talked about it, have been some of our best experiences in education and fire service has been sitting around a kitchen table talking shop, sitting around, you know, kind of like while we're doing the, the, the whole concept behind the, our old school podcast, we're doing now. You and I have done this hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times while we're teaching together. It's lunchtime. We're in our hotel rooms talking, sitting in the lobby of a hotel on the telephone. And, and finally you and I, the light bulb flashed above both of us going, we need to start recording these and just sharing, you know, no, no pay, Nobody's getting paid. We're just, we're just having fun talking about this stuff, but there's so many people, chief Jack McCaslin, God rest his soul. Matt, what am I, you heard me talking about Mac, another Eddie Enright, chief Eddie Enright from Chicago, Chief Tom Freeman, I talk about these mentors, and some of the some of the stuff, John, that I, I grabbed for them had nothing to do with what was written in a book. Like you said, it was like the lessons learned from a fire. And I'm going, oh God, you know, all right, I, I'm gonna remember that one. I'm gonna remember that one. But, but but let's go back to I I did the mentor questionnaire and and we actually took it a step further for a while, John. We contacted our retirees, we got a committee together. I told you, let me for our, for our listeners, real quick. I encourage everybody to create a history committee for your fire department. And what we did, not just one person, because if that person leaves and moves and lives on one of John's 15 properties, um, (laughs) you'll never get that information. Uh, I'm sorry, it's only seven properties. But anyway, that being said, um, you know, so we did a job where we had two guys that do all apparatus. They started with the, the current stuff and they go all the way back to reserve, all the way back to the very first fire engine years of service, you know, all little things and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's photos and everything. Then there's two guys that do personnel, all current, from the chief on down, when you were promoted, when you start, and they go back to retirees. And there's two guys that do all historical, uh, you know, whether it's articles, videos, news clips, pictures, they digitize it they really protect it. Then there's the two guys that I always called Sanford and son. Remember from the show, Red Fox it was a great. Funny show. I love that guy. The junk collectors, right? You know, before you can throw something out sent to auction, they get to go, no, give me the two p- pagers. Give me two of those nozzles before you get rid of them. And they store them because if they're 40 years old, 60 years from now, they're going to be 100 years old. But back to the two guys with the personnel job, what they did was they actually took their video camera. They got a hold of the retirees. They invited them for lunch or supper at the firehouse. And if they couldn't make it, they drove to their house. They drove to their house and they set the video, the guys, some of the guys are at their kitchen, somewhere in their recliner. And at first, they these old timers look at the video camera, like a little nervous, like, and then they, it's like, it's not even there. It's invisible. And they would say to John Salka, who's, you know, long time retired. and So, so, so chief, now what, what, tell us, what year did you get hired? Now, what was the testing like? And do you remember any of the guys you started with? Oh, God, I went, I went to probing school with this guy. And before you know it, they're changing out. They're running out of room on the, on the, on the camera and these guys are telling these stories, John. And there's another big department, big metro department in Texas with several thousand guys. They actually put them on YouTube now. They film the old timers and they put, they po- So they're videotaping the Bob Farrells. They're videotaping these people. Like you and I said, before they're, what happens if you don't grab this? And And sorry to say, but every time they sat down with us, our guys at the kitchen table told us a story. You know that you know the you know where I'm going with this. Five guys, eight guys, whatever. Hear that story. How many different spinoffs do you hear from that? And it grows or detract. Instead of God, we got them on video. Whether it's recorded, like uh, uh, Harvey did with you, or video recorded. We before they're like we're saying before they're gone, before they retire, move wherever, or sadly, eventually when God takes them home. You know, when they, they return, you know, they, they return, They go sorry, return, but when they go to heaven, it's gone. It's gone forever. So what, what are your thoughts on capturing some of that information?
0: You know, like like I said, it's, there's so many different, there's so many different folks out there. There's so many different fire service people out there that, that are good recorders. There are a lot of people out there, you talk about master storytellers, then they are the master recorders, the people that just collect, 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 collect stuff. Like even... Back to Harvey again. When Harvey passed, they said he had a whole garage and a whole storage, one of those storage, paid storage containers, full of stuff that he collected. Old old journals and, and records of things and notes that he took and recordings and stuff like that. There's guys like that, too. Uh, oh, gosh, I'm trying to remember his name. The guy from Jersey City. Uh, there was a Jersey City guy that was in the band, and he was a big buff, and he was a collector. He passed away sort of unexpectedly just a couple of years ago. Ira. Ira. And and he had so much stuff as well, front pieces and badges, and and he would, you know, he would take the badge out and say, "See this badge? This badge is uh, is the first assistant chief of the Jersey City Fire Department it was from 1870." And and they knew all the they knew all the the dates and the times, and and who had it first and who had it second, and his and his son wore it when he passed it down to him, and so that's another group of people that are out there, the collectors and and the people that are writing stuff down and and recording stuff that. There's probably a wealth of information out there right now, somewhere, sitting somewhere, in closets and in storage sheds and, and 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 bedrooms and and bookcases. You
1: know, people have them on their bookcases, notes and things like that when they when they well, retire. So I know a know. guy, John, that he was going through like he was cleaning this is how it started. He was cleaning the the day room and you know, the bookcase, the big bookcase of the day room. Has all the if manuals and so on and so forth. And in there was a couple copies of their like a, uh, 50th anniversary journals like some places do 100th anniversary and no, i'm sorry it was a 100th anniversary book and he started going through these look at the old pictures and look at the old fires and then he, he started asking questions does anybody remember what happened as far yeah uh joey's dad was actually on the job then and and this is how he started you know it's and now it, it kind of grew so like you say there's there's guys that are keeping this stuff i think there's books right on your own shelves there's pictures on the walls you know, again, the history, let me, let me just throw this in there. How about this for these guys? These, your retirees, we'll just, let's throw this in there. The question of what are you doing for your former members retirees? Are there pictures on the walls? Do you, you, know, our guys, we would buy them like a shirt or a coat that had the lo- department logo. It would say retired captain or whatever, you know, so-and-so um, we even had a decal that could put on their vehicle. <clears throat> that said, retired member, you see a lot of people that they, they give the Chevron for above their patch so they can still wear their class A and nobody's saying, you know, they're still proud, but it says retired member on their badge. You know, I guess that a luncheon, maybe, you know, we used to, we used to do a quarterly retiree luncheon at our, cha, our our chaplain's church or at a restaurant. Just get the old guys together. And if you're a young guy, if you can attend one of these quarterly or whatever retiree luncheons, just show up and be quiet and listen. Right. And let them start going. Because I'm all right. Have you ever been to a you you go to a lot of gatherings with with, you know former guys or different departments? Have you ever been there where nobody has told any stories about the it it never happens. They always, right? Yeah, usually the smoke is down to shoulder level from the fire court, you know. But
0: it's so true. It's so true. Now listen, you just said something though that 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 made me think of another thing. Pictures on the wall. Now, a lot of places you go, firehouses, fire stations, uh, training academies. They got, you know, pictures all over the place. My own office, I have pictures all over the place. And I saw something that somebody was doing, and I can't remember where it was. It was in the past couple of years. Now, sometimes an old picture, you'll take the picture, and a guy will say, hold on a second. They'll take the picture off the wall. He'll say, look at this. He turns it around, and it says, you know, second alarm, brain tree, and cross street, you know, two firefighters injured, uh, Austin, blah, blah, blah. And and it's got the date. Well, now a lot of guys are doing is Instead of writing it on the back of the on the back of the cardboard or on the back of the paper, the, 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 the photo itself, a lot of guys are, are putting it right on the front of the picture. They're taking a nice label maker with either the gold or the silver ribbon, and they're writing, you know, Brookline, Massachusetts, Second Alarm, 12 Argyle Street, you know, and they put it right on the bottom between the frame and the glass. They put it right on the glass. And now you can stand on a wall and look at 20 different pictures, and you can quickly read the date, the department, where it was, and stuff like that. Right off the bat, that's like a history lesson. It's like reading a chapter of a book standing in the hallway looking at the pictures rather than hoping the guy wrote it on the back of the picture, but the pictures got cardboard behind it or whatever. You know, it's just another way of documenting history so it'll last, so it can be passed on. And that's passively passing it on, you know.
1: Well, and that's some of the, you know, some of the, some of the, um, the little tricks of the trade. You know, I remember... I remember an old time. I mean, like a guy in Bedford Park, like a 35 year driver engineer. Right. And, you know, in like you in, in New York and in Chicago, wintertime, it gets cold and you, you know, you drain the, you drain, you know, your pump. So you're not going to freeze it right. When you get there, you keep, keep it dry, keep everything, put your antifreeze on your couplings and all your stuff and so on and so forth. And he said, and he watched me at a run, I was driving the other engine. He says, Rick, come here. He goes, don't circulate your pump yet i go but it's like it's like 10 degrees below zero he goes no no no. he goes what you do when you get to the scene you know if you're not pumping you know if you're sitting off to the side or whatever like that you don't want your pump to freeze up take your hands and feel the intake on the side is it cold cold he goes okay now start circulating your pump you're circulating your tank water right he says when the tank water gets warm he says you know, he goes, you could, you can stop, you know, you, you, you do what you're doing. He goes, but what happens is when you get there, you're actually, you're, you know, you're actually, you know, you're, you're actually circulating cold water. You're not, you know, so he talked about this whole thing of, you know, the goal here is to circulate warmer water. So let it heat up. He goes, let, let it, you know, put it pump, let, let the tank heat up, not to where you do damage, you know, on uh, to pump up, you know, when you feel, okay, the water, I can feel the water starting to get warm. He goes, now, Starts circulating, and you're circulating warm water instead of you pull up right away. You start you circulating ice cold water. He said that's like Eddie Enright's John, the little tips talking, these little bits of information from these guys before they're gone. When he said Rick, so we go we go to a, a sprinkler building, warehouse or whatever. He says we pull up. I tell you to hit the standpipe. You heard me talk about this before. Hit, just hit the standpipe to support the system, right? Hit the FTC to, to support the system. He says, we've got smoke. We got a fire. Okay. We don't know what we've got yet. He says, there's certain things you could tell me as a driver operator. He goes, you know, of course I want you, you know, hook to the system, get, get to your hydrant, flush your hydrant, test your hydrant, hook up to it. He goes, charge it to your intake and stop right there. Charge your hydrant. He goes, I'm telling you, do everything that you normally do. You know, stretch your hose, to hook to the system get your hydrant, hooked to it, flood, you know, obviously flush it, all stuff, hook it, but don't open the intake. And I go, why? He goes, and when I tell you, if I tell you to go ahead and charge a system, charge it with tank water. And then he says, so Rick, he goes, how much water do we flow out of our, out of the heads, the sprinkler heads? He goes, so you charge it and you're watching and your tanks, your level's not dropping at all, at all. It's been like, and you know, what I want to hear is, you know, command from engine two, go ahead chief i've i've had i've had a system charged i haven't dropped one light on my tank so maybe he goes either i don't have as big a fire as we thought you know cold fire whatever or maybe somebody's messed with the sprinkler heads he goes whatever he goes then he goes the opposite is chief i i charge a system i'm already i'm already down a quarter tank i'm I'm gonna go you know now i may have multiple heads off or he goes there's so much you can and i'm like i never thought of that i never thought of don't circulate cold water when you drive through freezing weather, let the pump heat up a little bit, then circulate it. I never thought, you know, I, I never, and a million years thought, don't, don't open the intake from the hydrant. He goes, I'm not saying don't hit the hydrant. I'm saying get everything. And then you can open, it. but you was know, there's a little, I'm like, God, all these little tricks, John, that these guys have that you can get by sitting at the kitchen table with them or at their home and recording it. And now with YouTube, as long as it doesn't get anybody in trouble and not telling stories they shouldn't tell, you know, which that could happen, you know, the funny stuff, you know, like that one department in Texas, you know, they post them on their YouTube channel, you know, and it's like, it's a pretty cool thing. They got a nice intro, you know, and it's, you know, interview with, uh, you know, Battalion Chief John Salka from this year to this year, and they fade to you. They show some pictures of you, you know, from when you're on the job and stuff. And then there you are sitting with them and it's a cup of coffee or whatever. And I'm like, God, what a, we got to do something before they're gone, buddy. Right?
0: Absolutely. And 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 you know, like I said, it's a, it's a difficult thing to ask a lot of people to do because it does take some special skills to start recording or writing or taping or videoing or even retelling stories. You know, sometimes people really mess them up after I hear them. You know, but uh, it's a, it's a challenging thing. Unfortunately, hobby has gone. He had the right idea, but there are a lot of other people around like Hobby with the skills and abilities. Uh, every department's got. Somebody, every department's got somebody that that can tell you all about every fire, when it was, who was working, what shift was there and
1: everything else, you know? Well, and this is where you and I both talked about this plenty of times in class about appealing to the different generations. So we're appealing to the more elder generation, the retirees or former members and that to peel off some of the great bits and pieces of information about the fire service, the fire department, whatever. Go the opposite way, John. We've talked about, you got these brand new firefighters coming in that are amazing with these phone things and these, and and the apps, and they, I I see these guys, you see them, they put together these short videos on YouTube and on Facebook that are incredible. So like you said, it it takes some work, but sometimes you got a young guy sitting there that's just itching, to do right? He's got all this talent that we're like, ah, just, we got this kid on a job, but man, he could put video. They do this Snapchat stuff and all the rest of these things that, you know, maybe appeal to them. You got these young guys and gals that, they could put that shit together faster than you and I can even think about it. There you go. You know, you know, fire
0: engineering does it. FDIC does it right. When you're going to do a presentation at the show, they ask you to send in a little video and they rely on everybody just being able to make their own little short self-made video without any props or script or anything necessarily. Everybody's very capable of doing that. And certainly with all the social media platforms that are available to everybody. I mean, Somebody could, even, somebody could even open up a website or something where, where you could get on there and you could relay or retell stories and they could just start to document them and have them there available, sort of like a YouTube or maybe via YouTube, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. But uh, it, that,
1: that's a good way to, to document and save everything is electronically at this point. Well, you, you mentioned, we both mentioned 9-11 earlier, real quick before we end this one, what did they start doing with the probies? after 9-11 with their uh, journals for that first year, right? Isn't it for the, for, or whether in the Academy or what, explain that again. Remember they, they started with the probation firefighters and FTOI where they had, and then don't they get graded on it or. Right.
0: Oh yeah. I, matter of fact, I still get, I still get um, inquiries on email and, and elsewhere about that from people. And, and although the, and although the program has evolved and turned into different things, they've eliminated some things and added other things. It basically was a, you know, the marble, the composition notebook, you can get them in black and white or green and white or any color now, right? But it, it, each each young probationary firefighter is issued one of those books, their name and their unit and their badge number, whatever company they're going to. Um, and, and they're required. There's a whole all-unit circular. There's a whole little instruction sheet on how, what to do with it. Every time they go to work, every time they work in a the shift, they have to write the, the day and the date down and the shift the officer and the crew, and then they have to write like what the drill was about. The drill was about extrication. We learned about the, uh, you know, the Rams or the jaws or whatever it was, you know, an interesting point. If they have a job during the shift, they have to note the job, you know, the box, the location, a little discussion about any work that they had or any lessons that they learned or anything else of interest that occurs like sitting in the kitchen, listening to two of the senior guys talk about the fire that I had here last year where the guy got hurt and he could write that down. So this has to be written in every single day. The officer has to look at it if I'm not correct, if I'm not incorrect, it's once a week or every payday. It could even be a little bit longer, maybe once a month, but I think it's more frequent. So the officer has to take a look at it, make sure that this kid is in fact. Oh, he worked six shifts in the past two weeks. He should have six entries, right? And and then I think a chief's gonna look at it either quarterly or semi-annually. And I remember them bringing it up to me and saying, Chief, can you can you take a look at my book and give me a mark? I'd say, sure, come back after lunch or before the end of the tour, let me get a chance to look at it. And I would read through it and look through it. You know, you'd see if the guy was on vacation, you tell him, "Gee, four or five shifts here, you got no entry." Oh yeah, I I took a couple of twenty fours off and I went on a vacation with the family. And so you know, there there are things that have to be looked at to make sure they're doing it right. But the point is, it really captures brand new firefighters everything they do through their eyes for the first year, and then at the end of the year, it gets it gets handed in when they, when they get off no probation. Those books all get handed in, get reviewed down at headquarters, and they actually get sort of graded on it. And like the top one or two guys get get uh, they get actually they they just recently went back to rotating guys back when Vanessa was uh, commissioner. Probies would rotate for three years. I think it was three years. A year in three different places. Then they'd go back to the originally assigned unit. You might be in 48 engine. Then you go to a truck out in Queens somewhere. And then you go to an engine in Manhattan. Then you go back to 48 after the three years. Some guys got a taste of something else somewhere else that they wanted to go see, and they would make their way back there eventually. And some guys, you know, like they're permanently assigned unit but you didn't get an actual permanently assigned unit until until after the first year and some guys would actually get a choice where do you want to go what company do you want to go to you had the very best notebook actually uh one of the guys in in uh, 45 engine uh had it and, and i just read a facebook entry that he had on here this morning i'll think of his name in a minute and he had a great book he would take photos with his camera and then glue them in there and stuff like that and it was really a a thought provoking idea that probies would write down everything, every drill they had, every fire they had, every, every shift they had. And then they would go back and look at it. Guys said, Oh, that was the most valuable year I had on a job. Some guys actually kept going after that on their own. Some guys have five
1: years of notebooks, which is, I wish I'd have done that. I wish I'd have kept a little notepad, you know? Oh, Can you man well that's what our 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 both you know, our mentors for both of us leo stapleton that's how his one book 30 years in a line was just all taken from his journals and his notes that he took over 30 years so yeah well yeah. hey whatever you have to do folks that that's what that was what john and i've been talking about here discussing is doing something before they're gone you know recording that information however you got to do it you know uh, just recording it or video recording it or whatever. And, and then not just hiding it somewhere, putting it away, you know, putting something together. Uh, I think John, once they start to do that and they have it put together, it's a lot easier to capture guys retiring than it, you know, with the first project, now you're trying to get all, you know, whoever you can get that's retired and you're more senior guys. Once you get all that, then you're just, it's just bits and pieces of, okay, John Salka's retiring. Let's go talk with, let's go talk with John, you know, before we, or whatever, you know, or have them fill out this questionnaire. So, whatever you have to do, folks, you know now's the time because you're going to regret it. When they're gone, they're gone. They're going to work there thirty years in your volunteer career department or longer. And when and I, I used to tell people, John, it's like stealing. It's like they're running out the door, you know, with their arms across their chest. I, I got I got these gold bars. I'm going to run out. I'm leaving. Bye. See ya. And they're running out the door with with, with sacks of gold coins of of information. So, do what you got to do. Absolutely all right buddy email for you chief john salka at gmail.com and i'm chief lasky at gmail.com we appreciate you we want to thank you once again for tuning in and listening please spread the word about our old school uh podcasts uh whether you listen on itunes or spotify or on youtube or whatever um uh we we love uh, hearing back from you we appreciate you uh we end all of our shows uh with a very important message, and that is to please keep the men and women in armed forces in your thoughts and prayers. And remember, never forgetting means never forgetting. So thank you guys once again, and God bless you.